What's up, Allings? Big Al. Welcome to another Dumb Sports Empire. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Um, we usually don't. We usually try to do this on the weekends when we all have free time and everything like that. But um, we have some massive news that came out, so we needed to jump on a podcast and talk about it. But um, Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy broke up, so that's that's really what we need to get into right now. Yeah, it's the biggest news in the world. <laughs> the, it's, a cover, it's a cover up. It is a cover of all the other conspiracies talking about. Um, is Taylor Swift back by the Saudis? <laughs> Everyone's back by the P- Saudis. Is, is she on the PIF payroll? You'll see the Eras tour just go through the major U.S. cities doing arenas, and then randomly she'll just be in fucking <laughs> Dubai. And <laughs> it's it's now the Arab tour. <laughs> the Arab world tour. <laughs> Fantastic. No, but as everyone knows, unless you've been living under a rock the past 24 hours, the Live Golf Tour and the PGA Tour, and I don't even know what the DP Tour is, but um, they've all merged. So obviously we care about the PGA and the Live Tour. Um, Massive drama coming out the past two years, probably. They talked about Live being um, Saudi-backed golf league. They were going to try to pull away some stars from the PGA with a shit ton of money. Um, they succeeded in getting some over. I didn't think it was going to happen for the longest time. And then it started happening and it went kind of crazy. They talk about it in full swing. Um, Jay Monahan, the, what is he? The chairman of the PGA. Um, he was super against it now, just like overnight, it seems like no one really knew they were working out a deal with the same people they told all their players not to cut deals with. So, um, I'm just going to let you dive in dude. just, Go off on your thoughts. We've got notes for it. We're going to talk about this. I mean, it's fucking wild. What do you think so far? Initial reaction. My initial reaction is this literally came out of nowhere. I've listened to a few other podcasts and obviously like this is the hottest topic in the sporting world right now. And it's weird with the NBA and NHL finals going on right now. Mm -hmm. But this seemingly came out of nowhere. Like, they were just on the news. Like they just popped up on the news. No one had like a hearing rumblings type deal. And besides like Kobe's death, I can't think of the last time something's just like biggest thing in the world. Like it went, it literally went from zero to a hundred real quick. That's so right. I wasn't, I didn't think about that, but you're right about Kobe's death. That was one of like the biggest shockers ever. And then this came out of nowhere. I think we, we know things, things get leaked more than, you just find out about it from everyone all at once. Like things just get leaked. But this yeah. was just like a bomb that was dropped yesterday morning. I think I woke up and I saw a meme that uh, I think part of my take posted the Michael Scott paper company <laughs> analogy <Yeah>. that <laughs> that Liv took, uh, took players and then they ended up getting the buyback in. But it's exactly the Michael Scott paper company. And I mean, to just have a bomb dropped on you like this on a Tuesday morning is freaking crazy. Well, it wasn't even like a they bought back in i guess for the for the players that went there but it's like it's just saudi owned now like they became the competitor and then they just took everything over that that would be like michael scott buying dunder mifflin and then going by dunder mifflin still yeah it's there's nothing to compare it to this is never like the level of hypocrisy that happened in this so we mentioned jay monahan the chairman of the pga Um, for the past two years he's been telling players and putting it out in the media don't take the live money they they pulled out all stops to try and get players not to take live money. Like it's a morality thing. The Saudis hate gay marriage. Like you're going to be supporting someone and being paid by someone that is anti-gay marriage. And then Jay Monahan last year, I believe it was the PGA championship. He's doing an interview with Jim Nance and um, 9-11 gets brought up. I think what, why I remember the video was Jim Nance talking about 
families and survivors of 9-11 were um, criticizing people that were going to take live money because of Saudi Arabia. And I started thinking, you know, 9-11 was 22 years ago. I mean, never forget, right? But um, how how long are you going to be mad at a country? I mean, we're mad at the Taliban. The Taliban is the one that did that shit. Well, actually, George Bush is probably the one we should be mad at. But um, <laughs> that no, it, if we're mad at someone, we're mad at the Taliban. We're not mad at Saudi Arabia for shit like this, right? We're not still mad at Japan. We're not still mad at Germany. I mean, some people are, but we're yeah. going to be mad about this forever. And they're talking about the players of, um, or the families of 9-11 survivors being super pissed that American players were going to take money from Saudis like that. And then Jay Moynihan, Monahan just said 9-11, um, the people have to think about the implications from 9-11 and the families that are mad at them from 9-11. So he's literally rolling out desperation every stop. Like, we cannot let you guys take this money because of 9-11 and gay marriage. It was like the craziest shit ever. And he cut a deal with them. He merged with that same league that he was dragging through the mud for the last two years. Yeah, it's like I don't think I would have a problem with them joining if he didn't take such a like drastic step into stopping it at all costs. Like the mm-hmm. nine the nine eleven families is the one that's just like, like if you're gonna bring that out and have that be your key point, you can't like turn your back on that. Cause he's like, I knew two families that lost like family members yeah. <laughs> during this, and how how would I explain my myself to them it's like i want to hear how he's explaining himself now like he said i wonder how i do it now you gotta do it they had but a players I, don't know, like, I think they had a players meeting with him uh, yesterday after the news broke is the afternoon they had a players meeting he probably just ate a ton of shit and was like he had to take a bunch of shit from the players for sure i would love to be a fly on the wall in that room with just rory and scotty scheffler and rom and just all these guys just laying into tournament Dude, it's this is unbelievable. This is the biggest level of hypocrisy I can remember. I've literally sat here all day trying to think of things to compare it to, and I have nothing. I get this is the biggest hypocrisy of all time. It's unreal. Yeah. Uh and shout out to Jay Monahan. He is the first quadriplegic to run a sports league because he has no spine. Uh <laughs> it's it's literally unbelievable. He's like, don't take this money. You'll never be allowed back on the PGA tour or like all your records will be erased. And I mean, for what's the world golf for the FedEx, is it FedEx still FedEx cup? Like if you went to live, none of your points counted towards any of that. Even like Brooks, he won, he won the last major and those points didn't count for him because he was part of live. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like two weeks later, I think Brooks winning had a very large part to do with it. Yep. Because I think, PGA kind of saw the writing on the wall. It's like, man, these guys keep on going over there and they're getting guaranteed money, but they're winning our four biggest tournaments of the year. Like, like you just yeah. got to take the money and run if you're a player at that point. Like, if you're still going to be allowed to golf in the four biggest events of the year, mm-hmm. why are you not taking 100 mil? And I mean, there are lower level golfers that no one's ever heard of, like in the 200 to 250 rankings yeah. that were making like, 15 million guaranteed. That's yeah, uh, Poulter was one of those guys. Yeah. That's that's winning like six or seven tournaments before like Liv came in. I know mm-hmm. uh, the Memorial just happened last weekend and last year's winner got 1.3 million or something mm-hmm. like that. This year was 3.2. Like, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, one, one of the big things I have written 
like growing up for us, it was Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Tiger's going to go down. I think he's the best golfer of all time. Like other players just couldn't compete in this era. Length mm-hmm. of the courses. I mean, technology in the clubs and stuff like that too also helps out. So, I mean, Tiger's going to go down as the best golfer ever. Phil is going to go down as the guy who was just in second place all the time. But I think this cements Phil's legacy, like of what he's going to do for golfers moving forward. Like mm-hmm. he made them money when he left, like the PGA, they came out with the uh, like social media stuff. And it's just like, Oh, we just randomly found like $45 million just in a bank somewhere. And it's just like, mm-hmm. why wasn't that money going to players in the first place? Yep. It definitely should have been, it should have been the whole time. Um, Phil was like the first domino to fall to the live. And then it was, um, Brooks and Dustin Johnson. I don't know what the order was, but, um, they made out like bandits. Cause I think they're going to keep all the money they agreed to. They signed yes, a contract with Liv, so They're going to keep Phil was at 200 mil. I think Brooks was at 150 million. Dustin Johnson was way up there in the hundreds of millions for sure. Um, he was the world golf number one for a while. Um, it just makes you sick for the guys like Rory and Rory. I watched his interview today. He said he still hates Liv but they're merging with the the PIF and they're all, they're trying to make it all freaking the PIF is the public investment fund, yeah. which is the Saudi backed money. Um, they, he's trying to say like, we're not merging with live. We're merging with PIF. Like all this stuff. It's like, no dude, you are, he's trying to defend the PGA still after he lost. I, I think he's got paid. I think he got paid. He has to, they was rumored to get $500 million, I think. And then tiger was rumored to get $800 million. Was, I think it was 800 million. Like yeah. tiger has had some very loose moral moments. <laughs> During his tenure as a golfer, and the one time he does like something that's perceived right by the general public, just comes back to fuck him in the ass. Dude, he's yeah, the you... one usually that does the fucking in the ass, but this time, like Tiger, you're just like he's, he's probably that's why he hasn't said anything yet. Probably he's just like, yeah, God damn it. <laughs> fucking furious, and they all should be pissed because they didn't know this was happening. I think Rory said he had heard some rumors about some discussions, and I think, I mean, if I was just guessing about what happened. We talked about it when the Masters happened. Like Brooks was very close to winning the Masters, and Phil Mickelson, and um, who was up there too? I think Patrick Reed was top five. Those are three live golfers that could have won the Masters, and yeah. I think they kind of got to a point where they're like, "Oh shit!" Like we didn't think they were going to be able to compete in our majors. Still, like they let them in, like, "Oh yeah, you can be here or whatever." Yeah, but I thought they were just taking time. You're off not going to win. Just being on vacation. Yeah, seriously. And so I think their oh shit moment and Jay Monahan's oh shit moment was when Brooks was leading the Masters up until the middle of the the fourth day, and then Mickelson went off and got second place. Um, and then I think the discussions probably started there, and they're like, no, we just need to get these guys back. And he mishandled that shit for two years. And I hope PGA fans, golf fans everywhere, crucify him at every event. I mean, I want him to be treated like the Houston Astros for the cheating scandal. I mean, they didn't get near Fresh enough games. shit for that. Yeah, they didn't get near enough shit for that. And people still boo them at stadiums and everything like that. And we all know them as cheaters forever. This guy should be crucified for this shit. Um, the yeah, hypocrisy. If we, if we have the... another if we have another COVID, I'm just blaming it on Jay Monahan. He's doing it to cover it up. Like I'm blaming the Houston Astros and Jay Monahan. The biggest piece of shit on the planet. Like this is unbelievable hypocrisy i can't say it enough like this dude told all his players not to take the money i can't think of a comparison i can't think of shit to compare it to it's just crazy that he went in the middle of the night and made a deal and no one knew anything about it i mean they're talking about like colin morikawa like who's a a top five player in the world um 
found out on Twitter. Like they're not telling yeah. people, hey, this is a that's possibility. A, that's a guy that could have made like a quarter billy. Yeah. Going to play These young guys, Scotty Scheffler, Morikawa, those yeah. guys could have made out like bandits. And they yeah. were all loyal. And all they're gonna get is some more purse money that's not guaranteed that if I you think, win, I you think get more. We- I think moving forward, I have written down just kind of like what changes we do want to see to like golf mm-hmm. because Liv did do things like a little bit different. And it was yes. cool. So I think there's a really good opportunity because one, this like feud between these two different leagues has brought so much more attention to golf. Ratings are up and everything around that. I think there's two interesting things, like main interesting things moving forward is the team aspect behind golf. Mm-hmm. If that's going to carry over into what the new PGA is going to be and then just guaranteed money for players. I would love to see with, because obviously like the PIF has quite a bit of money in it. It's like 35 billion or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see no cuts, no cut lines in golf. Like you're going to make at least so much money. If you show up to this event, basically like a paid appearance, yeah. stuff like that. Now, if that means like tournaments cap at like, 55 or even 54 to have like that live mm-hmm. like 54 golfers at this tournament and like you just have to kind of select them at the beginning of the year but i would like to see players get guaranteed money for tournaments but i mean the purses are going to be higher uh i think the team aspect of stuff and even like when i think team aspect i'm not thinking i i, I would like to see a like a four-man scramble with them drinking and all that Riding golf awesome. that would be really dope. I would pay to watch that. Uh, Charlie Charlie Woods's first beers on like NBC. <laughs> uh, but I would I think when I think teams, I'm thinking something along the lines of F1, not so much like there's the Cleveland whatever yada yada yada. Yeah, like I think we could have like Callaway has a team, Titleist has a team, Tiger oh, Woods sick. has his own team or something mm-hmm. like that. And, like, I don't think that should take over the full format of golf, but I think it would be interesting to have, like, one team tournament a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real opportunity to, like, change the game of golf. I mean, because what was Liv's uh, slogan? I think it was golf but louder. Yeah, they were, like, playing music something and everything. Like that. And that's what I was going to talk about was maybe that's a thing that more, comes out as – More waste management opens. Yeah. Yeah, that's where golf needs to head entirely is getting to that. And like the Ryder Cup, I don't know if the team aspect, um, I don't know if they're going to do it that much because I feel like the the sanctity and like the specialness of the, the Ryder Cup is something that people look forward to, the team aspect, USA versus mm-hmm. Europe and everything like that. Um, so I hope they do teams. I like the teams. The things I think Liv did really well, and I hope that carries over, the graphics, I don't know if you watched a live event on uh, CW. We're sweet. I, I, were didn't, I didn't awesome. watch it on the CW, but I watched it, like, clips of it online. I'm like, this is, like, a pretty cool, like, the comparison I, I thought of was, like, it was very NASCAR-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like it. And that, I think that's what I'm thinking with, like, teams. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you're on the same team, but you're still trying to win, like, individually mm-hmm. and stuff like, like that. So, like, I think some, like, I still think a scramble would be so cool. Yeah. Like imagine oh, 100%. Like they're the world's best golfers. Mm-hmm. Four they're getting four just darts at a pin <laughs> each time like try this and like having them mic'd up and stuff like that with uh like the match and stuff mm-hmm. like that that we've seen where they're mic'd up. I would love to see stuff like that. Yeah. Like hear their insights because I mean that would 
I mean, I'm still not going to be a better golfer, but it would change the way like I might approach something mm-hmm. or something like that in like my own game. Yep, hundred percent. I think um, I think whatever they do is safe. I don't think there's anybody else in the world that's just got this much money that can start luring people away. I think a merger was best to get their golfers back, but I don't think there's like no one in Russia that's like, oh, let's throw a billion dollars at Tiger Woods to come play in this golf league. I don't think there's another opportunity for that. Um, I think whatever they do is safe. I think fans need to be very vocal and players need to be very vocal about what they like and what they don't like if they're going to keep trying new things. But I mean, the scoreboard on Liv's broadcast was incredible. They had little graphics on, um, just their graphics on, like, if you hit it in the fairway, you're, like, 90% chance to get a, a par or whatever. They had, like, all little stats yeah. everywhere. They had the arrow when you're um, when you're putting, like, you need to hit it here, and this is the arrow. Like, just all the little graphics and stuff they had were sweet. Um, I hope they keep all that stuff. I don't know, man. It's just so, it's so crazy to think about. I mean, it's the, this is the toxic high school couple that was just, like, they're together. Now they're not together. I mean, they get back together after they just completely trashed the other person. So, um, yeah. It's funny. And then, I know, you know, like, go ahead. You know who totally called all of this? President Donald Trump. J. Trump. You sent do me this. Pulled up? I do have it pulled up. We're going to, this is from July 22nd or 18th of 2022. So Trump called the shit last year. Trump being the savvy businessman that he is. Trump tweeted, this must have been before he got kicked off Twitter. So July 18th, 2022. Last summer, all those golfers that remain loyal to the very disloyal PGA and all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable inevitable merger with Liv comes. And you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all. Congratulations. Really talented Camp Smith on his incredible win. Donald called this last year, almost 365 days ago that they were going to merge and blow it up and make a shit ton of money. And Rory's left in the dust. And I mean, Tiger barely plays anymore, but Scotty Scheffler, Morikawa, um, the guys that stayed and the guys that preached loyalty and on, on full swing, it was what Rory and Tiger were the ones that had the players only meeting. And they're like, listen, this is what we're going to do. The sanctity of the game, the tradition, everything like that. We're staying with the PGA. Um, they were the ones convincing all the people to stay. And I don't know if you saw million. this. The producer of Full Swing, they were with Rory. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so like excited. They were, they were filming his episode when yep. this broke. That's that, bonkers. That's going to be nuts. We have to that, wait like I think eight that's months gonna be to like, see that. That's gonna be like an that's gonna be like an office episode where like he walks away, but he's still mic'd up, and he makes a phone call to someone. <laughs> like they might respect his privacy and not put the phone call on there, but it's gonna mm-hmm. be like one of those shaky cams, like around the corner. Yep. Like. That's going to be intense because, I mean, the show was phenomenal as it was. Yeah. But I think this season is going to have more of the, like, divide. And now it's like, it was literally divide and conquer, essentially, for Liv. Mm-hmm. But I, other things I'm waiting, we're still waiting for something from Tiger because I think if there is someone that can throw a wrench in this whole thing, it is Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Most, like, because he was bigger than the PGA for 15 years. Yeah, like it was Tiger Woods and every other golfer. Like literally, like it would be like uh, the WNBA where they have just two teams that were just massive favorites to win. Because we yeah. are WNBA podcast now, <laughs> uh, where, where they had the two 
teams that were just like leagues better than everyone else, and that showed in the Vegas odds. That was just Tiger every single week. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was favored for like three straight years to win tournaments or something like that. It was yeah. just Tiger versus the field. Essentially, he was he won the Masters by like eight or nine strokes one year, ten strokes something like that. It, yeah, it was so ridiculous would, what he was doing. I think he's the only person that has pool. I'm interested in seeing what they do. I think if Liv was smart, I think Jay Monahan's probably going to be involved for like two to three more years to at least see this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he better work that into a contract or something like that. I think Monahan uh, has to stick around because Liv could take all their negative attention. I mean, the Saudis could have terrorist attacks right now and everyone would still hate Jay Monahan for the hypocrisy that he put out there. Like, yeah. I would keep him as a as a punching bag just for punch like Goodell essentially he's gonna be a, a Goodell. <laughs> he's gonna take the, a lot of the shit. other thing I'm thinking is like if if like the Saudis and like Liv because I don't even know if Liv's gonna have any more if it's just gonna disassemble and just completely go away mm-hmm. I think if they really wanted to like get on people's good side put Tiger Woods in charge yeah he's I mean he's the idol for all these guys on tour right now it would be one, it would be a player's move, like having a former player run everything. I don't know if mm-hmm. Jay Monahan played or not. More than likely not. Who gives a fuck about him? Yeah, he's probably like a 14 handicap like the rest of us. <laughs> 14.8, not to be specific. Uh, <laughs> but Tiger Woods in charge of golf would be sweet. He, I know he's developing courses and stuff like that now, and there was mm-hmm. talk at one time of having the Tiger Tour. So yeah. it would be cool to like see him have more i mean obviously he's the most influential person in the world as far as golf. i guess the saudis are the most influential people <laughs> as far as golf goes in the world but as far as an individual he is golf he is golf yeah it's until, still i mean 20 years later i mean everyone on full until swing the day he dies essentially at this point he is yeah. golf. everyone on full swing they're like why'd you get into golf and everyone's like tiger woods tiger woods tiger woods it's like that's I mean, that was everyone's childhood. Our people our age, 30, I mean, it was Tiger Woods for the longest time. Uh, you didn't know anybody else's name. You just knew Tiger Woods. Um, yeah. The thing that surprised so, me most about this. I, I would love to see him get involved. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the other bigger surprises I have is that the golfers don't have a union, which I thought was kind of interesting because every pro sports um organization has players unions nfl's got the nflpa and all that stuff but um golfers don't have a union and i know it's an individual sport and it's very different in how they make money as opposed to contracts like we said i feel like this is going to be a great opportunity for them to increase their money the golfers with this live merger i think the next big opportunity for them to increase their money is by threatening to bring a union in so i think they wait a couple years and then they start talking about unions and then we'll just get rumors and rumors of unions and people get super interested in it and then they'll get more money out of the PGA. So I think there's a step here where they just have a card that they're going to play eventually and maybe five, 20 years down the road, like who knows, but I think they're going to get some money out of this and they're going to want to unionize eventually just because of shit like this, you know, I, I think they will because PGA was a nonprofit before. And that's like one of the only things mm-hmm. we've heard from this merger that it is going to be a for-profit league now. So I had no fucking clue they were nonprofit. Yeah. So we're, we're talking their, their NFL, NBA, their NHL, mm-hmm. MLS doesn't really count. Uh, their EPL, like they're for-profit. <laughs> they're all for-profit. Yeah. Yeah. So 
and all those other ones, they have the NFL PA, they have the NBA PA and stuff like that. They're going to have, uh, I mean, it's still the PGA, what the PGA PA. <laughs> They're going to need to work on that. Yeah. Uh, PGGA. Just call, it, just call it the GA, the Golfers Association. That sounds yeah. pretty badass. I would buy some of their gear. Uh, it's for profit, so make that money. But oh, yeah. no, we're going to we're going to see a unionization. I think one of the big like uh, barriers in their way is how many tournaments do they have? Like, how many big tournaments do they have a year? And they're only like, what's their contract that? at that point because that then you're talking guaranteed money incentives Mm -hmm. uh, bonuses stuff like that yeah i think like what you said if everyone got they have the money now yeah they do have the money i think if everyone got paid um because if you don't know you don't get paid if you miss the cut which is the bottom half of Mm -hmm. after uh thursday friday pretty much but um I mean, people were talking about their expenses to get to these tournaments. They were like flying their families out in like private jets. And they're like, it cost me 20 grand to get my family here, Airbnb, um, food for the week, like all this stuff. Golfers are losing like 20 grand and then they get pissed off when they, they don't make the cut and they're like, they just get nothing. So I think if expenses were covered and not like everyone has to take a private jet to these things, but I mean, cover plane tickets, cover food for the week, cover housing for the week, you know, that could be like five grand a player. So even if like, Oh, I missed the cut, but I didn't lose money coming here to miss the cut, right? Yeah. Uh, And I think the model it's going to, like, most resemble with PGA moving forward, if they do do, like, these contracts, guaranteed money type stuff, it's going to be very MLB-ish in the sense that, like, one player for the LA Dodgers can make $75 a year, and then the whole Cleveland Guardians roster is worth, like, 34 cents. (laughs) And so you're going to see like that pay disparity uh, with the players moving forward with like just how I picture golf. Yeah. Like, you, you could probably name like 10 to 15, like big name golfers right now that have a good shot to like win every single week. Yeah. And those are, your, those are your $60 million players a year. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's like 300 players with PGA cards or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like there was a guy in the memorial last week. He made the cut, and then that Saturday he went like plus seventeen. <laughs> like he made his money. And he's just like, Fuck. Jesus, I'm not winning this bitch. Give me to the nineteenth hole. <laughs> Michael Block too, guy yeah. went fifteenth at the PGA Championship and then dead last next week at the Charles Schwab. Yeah, he fuck that guy. Hung, hung, he should have just hung it up right after Shit, that yeah. was his mistake. That fool, he went out under. Went out as the underdog story. Had an ESPN thirty for thirty on you, like yeah. Like just never played again. Yeah. Then he went to freaking. Um, he had a a Raisin Cane sponsorship. He had a Cadillac sponsorship. What an asshole! I mean, get your money while you can. That's freaking. Liv should have offered him some money if he had if he had accepted a Liv contract the week before the merger. That would have been unbelievable. Yeah. Cool, man. Do you have any other so thoughts we'll on this? We'll see how I mean, the rest of this year goes. Oh, what was that? I was wondering if you had any more thoughts on on this whole thing. All my notes are erased now, so. Uh, I'm just kind of interested to see how the rest of the year is going to go, just because they had they have had two majors so far, so they've seen the live guys, mm-hmm. like they've interacted with them, and all that. It's not like it was last year where there was just like nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, obviously they're. Like I think I saw a, a Roger Steele video on Instagram where it's them at the driving range, 
It's yeah. Just, just talking about how much money they made. There's <laughs> like the PGA players just like, God damn it. Like yeah. I got to make a cut to make 10 grand. Yep. <laughs> Or it's like I got a hundred mil just sitting in the bank now. And they're just walking into the locker rooms like their hundred million dollar dicks, just dropping them on the bench. Like fuck you yeah. guys, that's crazy. Yeah, but we'll we'll see what what happens. I think it's gonna be a positive step for golf. Uh, the only other thing I had to talk about is the people that are like not gonna watch PGA anymore because of their involvement with like the Saudi PIF money. Yeah, it's just like shut shut up. Like you're driving a car. Where do you think that gas came from? <laughs> Like mm-hmm. I here, I have some companies pulled up that are involved with the public investment fund, EA Sports, Uber, Facebook. Uh, don't know what that is. Uh, Carnival Cruises, FedEx, <laughs> Home Depot, J.P. Morgan, BlackRock, Activision, uh, and those are Live Nation. Like, we're not talking like small pond companies. These are like. Yeah pretty commonly used companies by a lot of people a majority of people i'd say in the united states so it's like if you have a problem with one of them you you have to drop the rest of them it's you have to be like jay monahan going to apologize to every (laughs) 9-11 family now yeah and that's the other thing like you mentioned it like 9-11 was 22 years ago Mm -hmm. this this year there's kids that weren't born when that happened that can drink yeah like that's nuts to think about because we were we grew up when that happened. Yeah, that was a while now ago, it's just and like, it was the Taliban. It's not like the government of yeah, Saudi Arabia. There's 22 years of people that were just not alive at that time. Yeah, there's golfers on the PGA Tour that have yep. zero memory because probably if you were two years old, yeah, three years old. Oh yeah, like two, three years old. So anyone that was born in the 2000s, like, mm-hmm. does not remember 9/11 when it happened. Yeah. 100%. And that's why that's wild to think about. That's yep. probably the first time I've ever thought about it like that. And it's because of this golf merger. <laughs> because of Jay Monahan. <laughs> fucking yeah. asshole. It's crazy. I mean, you mentioned it like people pick and choose what they want to be morally corrupt about and morally like yeah. sound about. It's the same with like vegans. I mean, you talk about vegans like only vegetables because we don't kill animals, but all the farmers kill like rats and moles and um gophers and then and, they have their le- leather purses and leather wallets yeah just like, right, like, or the, people like drive electric cars like the the lithium wasn't farmed by some seven-year-old child in africa like no every everything's got freaking electric cars are one of my favorite now they're like it's good for the environment it's like did you see the <laughs> environment destroyed to make that engine like <laughs> i like electric cars i like i, I might get one eventually but yeah. it's just like don't say it's like good for the environment when you realize they had to go through so many gallons of gas to like yeah you just want to save money materials. you yeah. just want to save money and in the summertime it's going to cost an electricity and they're going to use gas to make electricity so it's like i mean <laughs> you follow hypocrisy anywhere around you it's like you can find it everywhere you just pick and choose what you want to be morally corrupt i would about. say we're like a five steps forward four steps back this point we're making strides <laughs> but not as much as you think when you do it <laughs> people just need to get all the facts i mean like you said all those all those companies that was a baffling amount of companies like ea sports and activision like you can't play any video yeah. games if you don't want to back the saudi <laughs> public investment well there was like, a there was a soccer player like two or three days ago he signed a three-year 600 million dollar contract i saw that was it benzema i believe so I and just saw that. That was to a, a that was to a Saudi team, I believe. Yeah, Ronaldo like, did I mean, the same I, shit. I'm wait. I'm waiting for them to work their way into like 
people say it's the big four in the U.S. and they include the MLS. It's it's the big three. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for them to buy a big three team because I mean the Redskins just sold for six billion or something mm-hmm. like that, or the the Commanders or whatever their team is going to be because I think they racist. announced they're going to change the name. Uh, but six billion dollars for one of the worst franchises over the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Six billion for the worst. <laughs> like, there's not many more. Like, they're doing collective, uh, like groups now to buy these teams. Mm-hmm. Biff can just move in, just be like, like, God forbid, Jerry, something happens to Jerry Jones here soon, and the Dallas yeah. Cowboys go up for sale. Like, there's a like, they can just offer just like, hey, fifteen billion, just yeah, just drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Like, deal. Yeah, Kareem Benzema, um, three-year, $643 million deal, $215 million a year. The NFL salary cap is $225 million a year. So NFL teams can only play all 53 of their players, $225 million a year. And Benzema's contract with this Saudi team, Al Idihad, maybe, I don't know, is $215. So he's making $10 million less a year than the whole Kansas city chiefs than the whole Cleveland Browns than the whole Pittsburgh Steelers. That's bonkers, dude. And Ronaldo did the same thing. And Ronaldo was getting over a hundred million a year and yeah. Messi was just a free agent or whatever they call it. And he was going to lure in a bunch of money, but I think he's going to Miami or something like that, which is random, but yeah, well, I, I think he has invested stake in the team and the MLS. So I think, I think, yeah, comes here, like David he Beckham owns that team. paid a certain amount to play, but he's going to get paid even more as a, stakeholder in the in the league yeah no for no, sure I'm, I'm excited to see how golf's gonna grow because of this people it's, are gonna keep watching this is the best time ever for golf i mean this yeah it's it's not going to just be like someone else now owns it and it's just gonna disappear it, like it has yeah. a higher influx of money it is now for profit they are going to skyrocket yeah i mean it's bullshit i mean people them. always say that People said they were going to leave the United States when Trump got elected. People said they're going to stop watching the NFL when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. And um, the NFL is profitable more and more each and every year. Through COVID, NFL was profitable. So it's like, you say you're not going to watch, but you've got a closet full of jerseys. You've got hundreds of thousands or hundreds of dollars spent on game tickets and freaking beer at games. It's like, you're not going to stop any of that shit. People just talk and people say things. This is going to be a live reaction. I'm looking it up because I know the WNBA is owned by the NBA. Yeah. I wonder if the Saudis bought the Ladies Professional Golf Association. (laughs) Nope. LPGA is completely separate from the PGA. Interesting. I didn't, didn't know that until now. I thought it was all the same organization. That'd be crazy if they just dropped a bunch of money on them too. But I guess they don't have the viewership that the PGA does and and all that, obviously. Or what if? <laughs> all right. That was our merger talk. We also wanted to jump on and talk about Ted Lasso. We're both Ted Lasso fans. Ted Lasso ended last week, I think. Yes, last week was the last episode. Quote, unquote, we don't know yet. I think, uh, I think, I think it's going to continue. And I think Ted's not going to be like, a big part of it so i think yeah. they're gonna, they might change the name yeah i could see I mean, um i could see a spinoff about roy kent i could see a spinoff about rebecca they were talking about a woman's team for um richmond and yeah. rebecca keely and then like a women a whole new cast of women 
Um, mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see um, they, they Beard was talking. The actor that plays Beard was talking about like twenty different spinoffs that could come from the show. Um, I don't know if that many, but I could see like a few that I would really like. But um, I love Ted Lasso. I think it was really cool. Um, good show. It was funny. They addressed some social things. When shows people call it like going woke and everything like that, I don't necessarily think I don't that... like the term woke. I think I'm o- like over. Yeah, the everyone's term over woke. woke. Woke is stupid, but um, I, th- I think it's almost at this point like uh, a kissing ass essentially. Yeah, pandering. Kind of... Talk about season three real quick, and then I'll get my thoughts. Okay, on it. so that's what my wife and I were kind of watching it, and they do like an episode where they talk about Colin being gay and um. Then they Ted Lasso's uh, mental health is a big deal in season two. I want to say um, it seems like they're really trying to make a statement about mental health, which I've got to think about mental health, but I probably go off on it at the end. But um, I didn't think it did that too much to where it made me not like the show. I was like, okay, it's just an episode. They talk about Colin being gay. And I mean, there's probably gay athletes in many professional leagues um, that just don't come out, but I thought it was a good happy ending. I'm going to go through the characters real quick and see if I, I liked him or disliked him. So Ted, <laughs> I was very happy with Ted. Um, his ending was very happy for me. It sucked for the show and all the people that he like fell in love with and Rebecca and beard stayed at the end and all the friends he made. But I think going back to his son, yeah. especially like being a dad myself, like it was really emotional. Um, but I kind of like how his story ended. What do you think? Uh I got confused at the end of the last episode because during the second season, whenever he would have like panic attacks and stuff like that, the score of the show changed. Mm-hmm. And while he was coaching the youth soccer game, I don't know if you noticed like the score kick in and it took me back to season two. I'm like, does he not think he made the right decision? So that's the only thing I'm wondering with all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I think it was it was a good ending because a lot of times when people do want to leave shows, they kind of just like cut them out and like not a way you would expect their character to go. Yeah. But I think we saw all the signs throughout the season that he's just like, I miss where he's from Kansas, I believe. Yeah. I think he coached at Wichita state before that, (laughs) Uh, which doesn't have a football team. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Uh, I like, I liked his, I liked his arc though. Yeah. I like they kind of came full circle at the end when um, they were playing West Ham and they scored a goal and he was like, 14 was offsides. And Roy was like, what the fuck are you laughing about? He's like, 14 was offsides. And then they call it and Roy's like looking at him. I think that was probably one of the funniest scenes of the whole show. <laughs> I know soccer. He, <laughs> he finally understood the stupid offside rule. Well, that, was, that was the, funny. The last episode, like when he gave that halftime speech, he's like, I came here as a man who knew nothing about soccer. Now I now a man that like knows something a little bit about football. Yeah, and I I thought that was like like kick ass quote that halftime speech. The writing was so good too. The writing was awesome, like through and through the whole show. I thought the writing was like spectacular. I had an issue with the third season writing because I we talked about like the the woke episodes. Yeah, uh, I have no problem with them like talking about issues in sports. My problem with how they did it was it would be like a good episode, good episode, then it would just come out of nowhere. And they would talk for like through the rest of the episode. And mm-hmm. then they would just never talk it about, talk about it again. Like they brought up like 
Colin being gay whenever the like nudes leaked and everything. Mm-hmm. Like they brought that up during that episode, and then they didn't do anything until the end when they were all charging the field, and, like his boyfriend yeah. ran up and kissed him. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they had a checklist of things they wanted to uh, like talk about. And they talked about it for like 10 minutes in an episode. And they're like, all right, we talked about that. They did the shut up and dribble episode with mm-hmm. Sam. Yeah. And they literally just never touched touched on it again. If it would have been something they would have talked about throughout the entire season, mm-hmm. I think I would have liked that more. But it felt like a checklist type thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it they kind of did like they kept him off the Nigerian team and everything like that. Um, he eventually made it at the end, but mm-hmm. um yeah, no, I felt like when shows do that, they do it, they go in too much and it's like, okay, well, now I don't really like the show because they're focused on yeah. trying to be political and stuff like that. Um, got Ted. I thought Beard was okay. He wasn't like my favorite character. He had really funny moments, but that whole Beard episode they did in season two, I wasn't like the biggest fan of. Um, mm-hmm. Roy Kent was probably my favorite. It's season three with Beard, I have kind of two points when he went to talk to Nate and talked about like his meth addiction, mm-hmm. essentially like that was heart wrenching. Yeah. Uh, and then the one issue I had with the final episode was he got married and Ted wasn't there. His best friend. Yeah. That's... Like Roy, Roy was his best man and just Ted was not there at all. <laughs> like, like he would have flown but, back for that. Like a hundred percent. I was expecting like a Michael Scott, like yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Like, Michael, right you came. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that point with Ted or with Beard and Nate's scene where Beard kind of accepted him back, I didn't really like Nate and how he left. And then I wasn't still big on him when he came back, but I think his character was kind of meant to make you like Ted and possibly Beard more because of how Ted forgave him and then how Beard mm-hmm. forgave him. Um, I thought those, I thought he was like a character that was just there to make other people look better. And I, I really felt that at the end where I was like, dang, I really like Ted a lot more because of how he treated him, even after he yeah. treated him like shit. Um, but yeah, Nate wasn't my favorite. Um, Roy Kent was my favorite character the whole show. That guy was just funny thought, all the time. I thought he, like, third season was, it was about him. Yeah. I thought the whole third season was about him. I thought the, if I had to, like, summarize the three seasons of the show, first one was about soccer. Mm-hmm. Like, it was literally just about soccer and yeah. like this team growing and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second season was big mental health season. It was about yeah. his anxiety and panic attacks. The third one I thought was just like Roy Kent dealing with his past like insecurities and mm-hmm. like growing as a person. And that's what, that was like my big takeaway from the third season was yeah. like his story arc becoming not the like failed player that he had like the perception of himself as, but mm-hmm. moving into like that coach role we saw yeah. with uh, Jamie and yep. all that, how he kind of took him under his wing. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked like his story arc was my favorite of yeah. the whole show. The more you talk about it, the more I realized that they kind of built up the whole season for him to be the coach at the end, which was cool. I liked that he got it. Cause I thought they were going to give it to Nate. Because, I thought it was going to be Nate like midway yeah. through the season. Yeah. Cause I was like, I didn't think I realized Ted was leaving until he actually said it. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, it kind of been building up to him leaving. I didn't know the show was only going to be three seasons long. Like that was kind of short, but I think they hit mm-hmm. what they wanted to. They had a really good show. They turned these actors into superstars. Like Roy Kent's actor was uh 
one of the main writers on the show too. Like oh, he, I didn't know that. Brett Goldstein, I think his name is. He's like in all the credits, he's one of the main writers. And um, I think he won Emmys and they're, they're all winning all kinds of awards. I know um, Rebecca won an award. Uh, what's her name? Hannah, yeah. Hannah Waddingham. Um, she was fantastic. I loved her as a character. Well, Rebecca was the shame lady from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you knew that. No, she wasn't. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Shame. Shut the fuck up. Shame. Yeah. That was her. Then the girl that played Keely, she was in something else. I want to say she was in the most recent Glass Onion. Let me look it up. Horrible podcasting right now. This is what we Glass do, baby. So Juno Temple movies TV Ted Lasso I thought she was in something else I had no fucking clue Rebecca was shame lady yeah trying to see what else she was in I mean this made her famous so she wasn't really in a lot but I know she's a huge um, singer too or she is now uh, I'm big big movie person Uh, I'm excited to see the guy who played Jamie I'm excited to see what he might do mm-hmm. uh, moving forward in the future because I thought he was a really good actor and like he has a he has an English accent but it's not like like really really bad so I think yeah. he has a pretty like he has a wicked jawline too yeah. so I think he has a pretty good future in acting I, I I like I like this character I think he has like a pretty like standard like yeah get a, have a good acting career in movies. I think that a lot of British actors like doing American characters because, like, even most of the cast of The Walking Dead was British. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Like, the main guy, um, Negan was a British. I feel like there were, like, three or four of them that were British. And I was like, what the fuck is going on when I'm, like, watching interviews and stuff like that? Yeah, the guy I played, Rick, has one of the sneakiest, like, bad accents of all time. <laughs> like, he just masked it perfectly. The other one is, uh, I'm forgetting his name. He was just in the most recent Guardians movie. And he was the awkward teenage son in We Are the Millers. Yeah, Ian Pol- uh, Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Wicked accent. Yeah. Like, can't under- I can't understand the most of the time <laughs> Um, I didn't really... I mean, Keely was cool, but she wasn't, like, one of my favorite characters. I didn't really have anything against her. I thought it was funny that Jamie and Roy were fighting over her at the end, and then she just didn't choose either one of them. I thought, that I was thought the like a- room scene at Jamie's house... Is like childhood bedroom oh. <laughs> with the posters and all that. I thought that, that was, was hilarious. Awesome. Um, the last episode made me absolutely hate Michelle, Ted's ex-wife. I yeah. I thought when they divorced, I was kind of like, well, it seems amicable. It's not like really um not like really nasty or anything like that. They're kind of co-parenting really well. But then I mean, they talk about her being with the the marriage counselor, right? The marriage therapist. And mm-hmm. that's a, always a shitty move to do. I think you lose your license for that. So that guy shouldn't even be practicing therapy or whatever. <laughs> Cause I think she, I'm pretty sure you lose your license for that. Um, but fuck Michelle, because at the end with that guy, it just, everything made me hate Michelle even more. I, I'm glad they didn't show them like getting back together. I don't know if they got back together or not. It just leaves it open, yeah. but fuck Michelle for what she did to Ted. I, I think they got back together because when they were watching the final game, the the marriage counselor like was, he was a dickhead, blowing yeah. off the game or whatever. Yeah, like she seemed annoyed, and when uh, he showed back up, it was just her and their son at the house, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there. So I'm 
assuming that like he was kicked to the curb once like i'm sure ted just didn't show up yeah i'm sure he was like hey i'm quitting and coming back home type yeah, deal for sure and i think that's obviously the reason why ted hated um therapy and everything like that because i mean his ex-wife oh yeah up with their therapist um but this so they pushed mental health we talked about it in season two they pushed mm-hmm. mental health really hard i have kind of a maybe similar to pre-therapy ted take on therapy where i think a lot of it is a scam i think there's legitimately people that need therapy and like ptsd is like a crazy thing i think therapy should be free for veterans um combat veterans i think it should be free for like cops and like people that have been in crazy stressful situations but we think of like the younger generation is like super weak and everything like that they're always like they're going to therapy because they didn't do well in school or it's like little problems that aren't really problems i think big big therapy i guess big (laughs) big psychology (laughs) is just like pushing that everyone needs therapy everyone needs someone to talk to and I think that's true, but I think you can do that in your inner circle. If you've got a couple of friends that you can talk to, you've got parents you can talk to and stuff like that. And like people go through stressful things, but I think people go to therapy, they get medicated to do all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you're depressed. Mm-hmm. You need this medication. Oh, you, you had this trauma. You need this. And they overdo it. And it's like mental health is important, but I think you don't just need to jump into therapy or everyone needs to be in therapy. And there's been people, famous people that were quoted, not famous, but like Mia Khalifa, the porn star. She said she won't even like hang out with or talk to people that aren't in therapy. (laughs) And it's like, there's people out there like that, that are just like, yeah, um, therapy is everything. Therapy is everything. It's like, they're taking all your money and you may not need to be in therapy. Well, on, on that note, um, I think so like social media has made the world like so open, but it's also disconnected us from everyone. So I think that's why there's been the rise in therapy over the year because people just don't talk anymore. Yeah. Like you post something on social media, like what one thing I have a big like not an issue with, but it's just kind of like open your eyes, people. Like when people are like, social media is destroying my life. Like I get it, it happens to people. Mm-hmm. But it's like you cure you curate your own social media. Yeah. <laughs> like you if someone's being toxic on social media, unfollow just unfollow. It's so easy. Like, yeah. So like the social media ones, the ones that's just like, oh, this is so like bad for my mental health. It's like, then tur- turn it around, make it good for your <laughs> mental health. Like mm-hmm. I, I follow like 15 sandwich makers now on my personal Instagram account because <laughs> seeing those sandwiches makes me pretty fucking happy. Yeah. But it's your own algorithm. Yeah. If you're searching for toxicity and drama, then that's all you're going to get. But like all my freaking TikTok is like food, golf, sports. Like it's all kinds of just shit like that. And it's like, you make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, you know, that's I think... my one issue with like the social media is destroying my mental health. Like I, I get yeah. it. It does like you all, you're always going to compare yourself to other people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But no, it's like made the world so accessible that it made people unaccessible. Yeah. Sense. And I think they tried to, they tried to hit it where everyone needs to see a therapist or they pushed it on kind of hard about seeing a therapist and everything like that. And even at the last episode, I, I kind of like that the therapist came back and Roy was like going to talk to the therapist, mm-hmm. but like, did Roy really need to like, I mean, obviously he's like rich and he can afford it, but like everyday people that are going to therapy just because they, it could be like a placebo or like they're just venting or stuff like that. Like, I think it it's a bigger scam than people want to admit, but I think it is necessary in a lot of situations too. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm uh-huh. on the fence about it, but um 
yeah, they did push it kind of hard. I didn't, it didn't turn me off from the show because I like the character of the therapist, but yeah, yeah, no, I, because they, they showed, they showed Roy just walking into the office. And my thought was, why is he walking into this office? Like mm -hmm. he hasn't like shown anything. And I yeah. felt like he opened up to the, the diamond dogs group yeah. towards the end and like mm -hmm. bent it a little bit. And, I mean, maybe that wasn't enough for him and he wanted to go talk to the same lady Ted talked to because Ted recommended it or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. they really didn't give like a reason why he was doing it. I mean, I guess that's kind of like real life where you don't know people's reasonings behind stuff or their thought process. That's true. And like, I think Jamie probably needed it more just for what they showed on the show. Jamie probably needed it more with his relationship with his dad, but then he mended it in the end. And I think yeah. Ted helped him work through that because Ted kind of coaxed him into whatever your dad did. Um, I mean, it can be forgiven and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I think one of the most satisfying parts of the finale was Rupert. Um, we saw earlier in the season, Rupert tried to kiss uh, Rebecca and she backed out of it, which was cool because the whole three seasons, you kind of think like, is she going to get back with him? Is she going to get back with him? And then there was an opportunity and she turned it down, which was awesome. And then Rupert just falling apart at the end, getting called a wanker, getting yeah. a sexual harassment, all that stuff. I mean, it was just like the perfect ending for how you want your villain. Yeah. The, when they had the owners meeting about going to like the Nigerian and Nigerian league. Yeah or whatever mm -hmm. when they had that owners meeting i'm like they're gonna get back together then she just ended up with the guy from amsterdam that she yeah. just went on his houseboat <laughs> yeah like that that was my favorite episode of the season mm -hmm. uh but i really don't know how like they tied that guy back in the yeah. final episode i thought that, that was, was just like a a, a a one day stand technically yeah uh, they didn't even have sex so they were just like hanging out and they were yeah, really into each other he, he was just a I don't, even, I don't I can't remember if he mentioned he was an airline pilot. Or I think he mentioned he was stopped doing it. Yeah, I have and then to just watch by the end of the season he's a commercial pilot again. <laughs> and they magically <laughs> run into each other. Yeah. But was she no, walking out? She was walking out of the airport from saying bye to Ted, right? Yeah, yep. But that was just the and the his, universe his putting his daughter came running up. Yeah. It was the universe putting a new man in her life after Ted left her? Yeah. I kind of like that Ted stuck to his guns and she was like really trying to get him back and she was really emotional about him leaving and everything like that. I thought that was incredible acting on her part. Um but yeah, no, I I mean I really like this is one of the better endings of a show I can think of. I mean, obviously if you think of great endings to shows like Breaking Bad, um, people bash like Game of Thrones endings, but I think this I don't think it dragged out too far because some things like people think the office dragged out too long. Um something like this, I think they they did it perfect. I wish there was more, but I don't know what other directions they can take because he wanted to win the whole Premier League and everything like that. And they almost got there. They got second place, but they still got to go to the Champions League. They took that team from uh, getting relegated to being super relevant, winning like 17 games in a row. Um, yeah. I They were bad for a long time, and I it started to piss me off, I think, in the second season or the halfway through the third season before they started winning. They were just dog shit. I mean, they obviously they get relegated, but then they're – they had they tied what eight games in a row to start season two and then they weren't winning in season three in the beginning and it was getting frustrating i was like is this team ever going to be fucking good and then obviously they end up being good at the end so that was kind of satisfying to me um because of how long they were bad it was it almost turned me off from the show i was like they're just gonna be bad forever i mean they're gonna be the fucking bad news bears but i like that they actually went won in the end yeah i think what i love that they they won in the end because like you just fall in love with the team. It's very yeah. like a uh, Rexamy 
where yeah you watch that whole season of welcome to Wrexham and you're just like this is my team yeah (laughs) then you just don't give a shit about it after you watch the season and then they Uh, didn't get promoted at the end but then I mean you see live they got promoted a few weeks ago so I'm hoping yeah that's gonna be a crazy season it's gonna be an an awesome season that's the the Ted Lasso effect hell yeah (laughs) These these Uh, new things kind of came into my life at the same time, Ted Lasso and Welcome to Wrexham. So I got really mm -hmm. into, not super into soccer, but I mean, at least understanding soccer in Europe and everything like that. It's kind of cool. Kind of like how those towns are centered around these teams. Yeah, 100%. Like it's it's pretty cool. Even like with the pub guys and Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like it was weird having them be a part of the show, but I guess it gave you like the the lay person from that town. Yeah. Their feelings on everything too. So you just got a lot of perspectives from completely different aspects of what European soccer is. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not like professional sports teams here. Where I guess some cities do like live and die by teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's not like the Columbus crew or something like that. Like Yeah. They they could get up and move whenever they want. Like mm-hmm. the teams in the two shows we just talked about, like they're there. Yeah. They're there. The team the city loves the team because the team is the city. Mm-hmm. So I think the like, most comparable is probably like college football and like college football in like Starkville, yeah. Mississippi, or like Oxford, Mississippi, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like those like towns, Texas. those communities. Yeah, I mean those are the those are the teams for that city, and people go nuts and they shut the town down. I think that aspect's really cool. It makes me really want to go to a big soccer game in England. Maybe not a big game, but like. A, even like Wrexham, going to something like that would be incredible. Or going to yeah. a smaller, a smaller community because I think there's like five or six teams in London itself. Yeah, like I, London I've has a bunch to, of Premier League teams. I think it's West Ham. They play in what the Olympic Stadium was over okay. there, like the opening ceremony stadium and all that. Yeah, that's what. That's whenever I travel, if they had an Olympics there, I always go check out like how they modernize their Olympic stadiums mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, and, a lot of soccer teams take over former like opening ceremony stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Cool, man. Do you have any other uh, comments on uh, Ted Lasso? I thought it was uh, a good show overall. I, I get yeah. If I if I had to rank the seasons, I would probably rank them one, three, two. Uh, I would have to rewatch the second season. It's almost the same thing. I don't know if you watched Dave. Uh, like no, the first season was so happy. The second season was so sad. And then the third season was kind of a little bit everywhere, mm-hmm. but it works. Uh, third season of Dave right now was absolutely hilarious, though. <laughs> uh, but I, if I had to land on, because I sent you my scoring system once, and I yeah. just, I'm starting to do shows and stuff like that, I'd probably land it on like a 78, where I don't know if it would make mm-hmm. like an honorable mention show list for me, uh, just for the third season. I think overall I would put it an 80 plus, just because I thought it did certain things so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this season, I'll probably land on a 78 just because I, like I said, I did have issues with them just kind of like treating uh, social issues just like a checklist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And Ted not being a beer twenty. <laughs> <laughs> His dance scene at the end. I mean, that was another thing I forgot to talk about all the callbacks they did. Um, that callback to him dancing in the Wichita State locker room after they won the Natty. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, did that heart- dance. The final episode, I think, called back to every single episode in season three, because what was uh, the character Zoltan played? Zava. Yeah, like he sent shirts. Yeah. It wasn't needed, 
but I think they like pick one something avocado. From each ep- I think they pick something from each episode and yeah. Even like in the first season too, um, Jamie's the Oscar play they ran where Jamie fakes across the middle. It was Ted in the first season. Like, I want the ball. Give me the ball. Pass me the ball. And he's yeah. like, I want you to win an Oscar at the ESPYs. And then Jamie did the exact thing. And then Sam was open yeah. and they scored the winning goal. Um, damn, there were shit little callbacks. I saw a whole TikTok. There was like 15 callbacks in about. Yeah, I think, I think seasons. they touched on every episode in season three. Like there was some small as a box of t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, what was the reporter that wrote the book's name? Trent Cram. What was it? Trent Cram. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the purple shirt he would wear was an Ashland Eagles shirt. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I, was I did like, notice oh, shit, that. That's like right down the road. It's a small yeah. college in Ohio, and Trent Crim's wearing Ashland. I think he wore it multiple times because it yeah, was. I think um, he wore it two or three times in the third yeah. season. Does he wash his clothes? People ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, the be a goldfish. He tells his son to have the memory of a goldfish, like he told Sam. Um, Sam obviously making the Nigerian team. Mm-hmm. I like Jamie's end. Jamie and Roy were super close, which was cool. Um, I, I like I like Colin. Like that final episode, I I love the scene where like he sees everyone else being happy, and that that was the game his boyfriend showed up to. Yeah, like they met on the field, and I I'm like that's a like really cool ending. Now that his team knows he's gay, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because earlier in the season, he probably would have just not looked for anyone. Yeah, but I I think like he came to terms. Like he's like the people I care about know, so like mm-hmm. he got to be like a true self. I thought like he had a very good like final episode. Yeah, I think it was one of the happiest endings all around. Like I could think of for everybody. You know, it was cool. Cool man. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? No, I I think we're good until the next uh, league merger. Hell yeah, shocking because <laughs> we had to podcast on a Wednesday for you guys um thanks for jumping on man we both have to go to work here in a little bit so i appreciate you i'll try to put this up today and then um people can start listening to it on wednesday so cool man thanks for coming on sounds good thanks for having me on all right iowa sucks sucks. hell yeah all right later man later